This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. All right, I've teased this for the last couple of weeks. T.J. is back this week. Uh, a little, yeah. sp- little spring break. Yeah. You feel refreshed? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> You're supposed to come back full sure. of energy, piss and vinegar. You know what, man? I was. I mean, it was nice to be in Florida for a couple of days. Um, even coming back here. I mean, all last week, oh, you know, the, yeah. And then what the f- is the last couple of days been <laughs> 30 degrees snow on my windshield this morning. This can't I'm be like, your first what the spring in Michigan. No, but it's like, April. I can handle like if it's 60, you know, hey, then maybe it gets to 65. Oh, and then we have a cold. It was like 85 freaking degrees the other day. Got my first sunburn. It was 30, 31 this morning. It's like, what the hell, man? Like, and I get it. That's why we love this state. You know, weather changes constantly. But yes, it was good to get out of town for a couple days. Uh, You know, we went down visiting some friends in Florida, took the kids down. And anytime you get a little bit of change of scenery, yeah, for even a couple of days, it's always nice. Well, so we I had a good you, trip. You had a chance to unplug. You've been unplugged for Twitter from Twitter for about a month now, yeah, right? Yeah, month and a half now. It seems. Yeah, it's been a long time. And, and so you've had a chance to unplug there. You get away. Do you still follow the draft news, or are you when you're gone, you're gone, you're leaving everything behind? Because I, I asked that in regards to what is what was the conversation? What were you hearing down in Florida? If you pay attention to it. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I, did, I certainly didn't spend much time. Yeah. Um. Over the week, over the last weekend, I guess. Uh. I, I, really, this time of year, I mean, I, we know it's kind of slow. I mean, right yeah. now, you're hearing mock draft galore. You're hearing visits. You're hearing, you know, whatever it may be, pro days, all that good, uh, good stuff. To, to me, I kind of unplugged a little bit. I wasn't gonna dive into that. I kind of wanted to enjoy myself. And hey, you know, yeah. we always got time 
you know, taking the morning dump to get on the news channels and see what's going on in the world, you know, get on your favorite websites and <laughs> and, and, and see what, what you might have missed. But I still stick to, you know, like, I, I'm trying to find new ways or even ways what it was like, you know, 10 years ago to get breaking news. Because, right, like for the last 10 years, John, it's been yeah. social media, you know, and that's the quickest, you know, if, even if, you know, uh, this time of year, right, where, where it's the uh, the visits or the pro days and guys giving out numbers and even the combine, you know, you're getting up to the second updates, yeah. you know, uh, on these guys and these prospects. So when I try to look for things, I'm like, like something happened to me. It, it was, it was honestly, I think it was when they signed uh, David Montgomery, when the Lions signed him, you know, going back a yeah. few weeks now to free agency. But it was like two days later. I didn't know that. I like called one of my buddies. I'm like, dude, did you see the Lions? He's like, yeah, that, that was that was like that was Monday. I called him on like a Thursday. I'm like, I I don't I don't know what's going on. Like I I feel like I'm I'm out of the loop, man. Uh-huh. So it's it's and that's part of who we are now. Everybody wants you know breaking news 24 seven. You want to be the first to see it, and uh, so that's where I, I've been. I've, I've definitely been lacking there a little bit, but I find myself you know maybe not looking at my phone as much. You know, it's like Screen time it is, is down. it is still a little bit. Uh, liberating, you know, not to be, you know, the guy that's like, oh, I got to check. I got to, I got to check what's going on. What's going yeah. on? What's going on? Uh, but I do have a hard time trying to stay up to date on some of breaking stories, breaking news around the sports world. And that's just going to be my new reality. Well, it is. Is there any hope in the, in the near future? Have you heard anything about accessing no. your Twitter account or is this just over? No, I don't know. Uh, they must have like Fort Knox guards that you know try to that you apparently have to, not you have to, somebody hacked you have to, you to begin pa- with right so you can't even hack you into would, your own you account. would think it would be that easy like hey guys this is me can you change my account back you know can you can i change my password can i access and i sent him all these documents right i sent him all the emails i got Where about being hacked i got you know shit from 10 years ago that's like guys this is me right i think i even sent like a, a photo of like my a, uh, driver's Bay program, like my driver's license. I sent like, this is me. And this was probably a month ago. And, you know, like th- even three weeks after that, they're like, they literally sent me an email and it, I think it said, sorry, we can't verify it to you. Nothing we can do. And I'm, like, what, wow. I'm like, what do I have to do to prove it's me? But I had people, you know, buddies on Twitter. I'm like, Hey, contact their support, send Twitter support, a tweet for me. Saying, you know, hey, he's locked out. This is him. This is email. I had a bunch of people reach out to them, and even that didn't work. So I've kind of given up hope. It is frustrating. They basically told me, like, nothing we can do. You know, you can start a new one if you want. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, I've got, I've built my Twitter, man. I've built, I've built a following. You know, that's where I've engaged with my fans. And, you know, it's hard to say goodbye to. 255. 255.1 thousand followers. Except you're following no one. Well, that's because I think it was hacked, and I think they they locked the account. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Thank God nobody went on there. Whoever hacked it, thank God they didn't go on and start posting a bunch of you know crap that's going to get me in trouble or yeah. stupid shit. Like as soon as I found out that I was hacked, I asked like three of my buddies. I'm like, hey, just post a tweet, you know, that says, hey, TJ's account has been hacked. He doesn't have access. That way, I could cover my ass in case something came out a day after right. that. I could say, no, 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 look, I, they knew, the, look, I was hacked. I got proof. Those guys, you know, those guys sent that tweet out. But uh, Your last retweet was on 3-3 of 23. Yeah, yep. March. Uh, Six weeks. March, March 3rd. It's been a long time. And 
I'm I'm sort of growing indifferent to it where it's like, hey, if I get it back, great, you know? Like, because I love interacting with fans. I obviously love busting balls on there and having a good time and talking sports and uh, following people, obviously getting up-to-date news. Uh, but the other part of me is like, you know, starting to find other ways to get around that a little bit. And I don't know, maybe it was for the better, John. Maybe, I don't know. Could it, it, do I seem like a better person to you now that I've been off social media? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you seem like a better person because in that six, almost seven weeks now, you've taken up a new hobby of of making maple syrup, which I got True. to enjoy. So 100%, you are a better person and and have better hobbies. Yes. And you're, you're much more caring about I would, everybody. I would have never made syrup if I still had Twitter. <laughs> Probably, so, yeah, right? yeah. Problem solved. Um, we teased over the last couple of weeks mock drafts. And we're not going to talk about a mock draft night right now. But when you were coming out, when I was coming out, I was mocked in some of the first round drafts. If there was a two round mock, I was sometimes in the first, sometimes in the second, but there was a range. So I want to talk more about the range of expectations where you were going to be drafted, how that affected you, your outlook going into the draft and how realistic it was. Um, my agent who, when I vetted an agent, I wanted somebody that was going to be brutally honest with me throughout the course of my career, but especially early on, I didn't want to go into the draft with somebody that was just blowing smoke up my ass saying, yeah, you should be a, the first tackle off the board. I was realistic enough to know that that wasn't going to happen. I was a right tackle, hadn't played, played some left tackle and those that had me mocked in the first round were mocking me as a left tackle. That sounded great, but it wasn't necessarily realistic. I was mocked anywhere from late first, early second. I ended up going 37 overall. My agent was very honest with me, especially when we got towards the end of the first round. And he was on the phone with me saying, hey, it doesn't, there's really no team right now that has shown interest. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but agents do have you know, sources inside different organizations saying, hey, we're talking about Jansen coming up. And all of those sources that he was hearing was, you got close to the end of the first round, it's going to be in the second. So I went pretty much right where I and my agent thought I was going to go at 37. Uh, went to a team that I didn't hear much about or from uh, in the Washington Redskins, Russ Grimm. The only time I had an interaction with them was at our pro day. He held the bag for you know, maybe two or three drills. And then all of a sudden on draft day, Nor Turbin's on the phone and says, hey, you know, you think you'd like to be a Washington Redskin? And obviously the answer is always yes on draft day. Um, so I went right where I thought I was. And it didn't affect, it didn't affect me or my plans because I wasn't going to be a first-round lock. I didn't get the call that says, hey, you want to come? I don't even know where the draft was that year. It's probably in, in, still in New York. Um, and so it wasn't like I was going to make plans to be, you know, on site for the draft. Nobody was calling me to say, Hey, we want to send a TV crew out to your location and see what's going on. Um, but for you, I know that you were taken a little bit later in the draft and coming out of Eastern Michigan, we talked about not going to the combine and how that affected your preparation and how that you took that in regards to motivation going out there and wanting to outperform guys that were drafted in front of you. where What was the range that you were hearing from teams, that you were hearing from your agent, and where did you eventually go regarding that range of, of expectation? Yeah, I think it was probably 
spot on. I mean, uh, that whole process, you know, leading up to the combine, leading up to the draft, um, I, I was much like you. You know, I wanted an agent that was going to be honest with me. I met with three or four of them. And, you know, you always get a couple that are like, they feed you the whole, you know, we're going to make you the highest paid old lineman and all this shit. And we're going to, you know, you're going to be a first rounder. It's like, okay, no, I'm not going to be a first rounder. I know that, right? But uh, I was hearing anything, you know, three to round you know, six even. Um, so I knew that it was probably going to be one of those middle rounds. Um, and that's exactly where I ended up going. I ended up being the, I think it was the ninth pick in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And this was back when the draft was, God, they did. I, I think they did rounds one and two on a Saturday and then three, four, five, six, seven on Sunday. Or it even yeah. might have been one through three on Saturday. I think Saturday. it was, because I, I was trying to think back to it's been so long ago. Now, now round one is gets its whole night, right? Oh, yeah, we know round that. Round one on yeah. Thursday night. Is it two and three on Friday night, or is it just two? I think it's two and three Friday <laughs> night. You guys that covered the draft. Yeah. No I don't know. Idea. Yeah, but it used so <laughs> I remember I got drafted on a Sunday. So the draft used to start, I think it was Saturday afternoon. Yeah. They so in ninety nine it was two days. It was Saturday. Yep. It was one through three. Now we know Sunday obviously they like the T V uh, primetime slots yep. during the week a weeknight. But yeah, so I think it was round one and two on Saturday and then three, four, five, you know, six, seven on yep. Sunday. She waited and a little while on Sunday, but not too long. I did, but I was, there was something, you know, my agent, and, and I took so many pre-draft visits because I didn't go to the combine. I went to, I think it was 15 teams. Wow. And I got, even the even the mixed reactions from the teams. I mean, there were some teams I remember telling me, hey, you know, there might be a chance we look at you at the end of, you know, Saturday, which would be kind of second the end round. of the second round, right? Yeah. And then there was other teams. I met with the Chicago Bears and they're like, we're going to give you a call after the draft. You know, we hope you sign with us. No, so I'm like, they're not even looking no. at drafting me. I'm like, okay. No. So I'm hearing anything, maybe second round to maybe undrafted free agent. So I, I honestly had no clue, you but the uprights. you're right. So I think, and then, you know, talking with my agent and, and what, what he was hearing, uh, you know, I think we felt comfortable that it was going to be probably three at the highest five at the latest. And we ended up going right in between, you know, right at the top of the fourth round. Um, and for me, that was, God, there were so many guys that even that year that I got drafted that I just remember my whole attitude was I never really expected to play in the NFL when I was in college. I mean, when I got the first call from an agent, I was like, what are they calling me for? You yeah. know, like, wow, I'm, I'm actually might have a, a shot here, you know, and the whole process, I just remember being just grateful. Hey, wherever I go, I just, I just want a chance to get my foot in the door. You know, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to work hard, all this. There's so many guys though, that are like, you know, they'll go in the second round, right? And it'll be, you know, oh, I'm going to make every team that p- passed on me pay. You know, yeah. like, I'm pissed. I should have been here. I should have been there. And that attitude from it, 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 look, okay, maybe it's a chip that you can carry on your shoulder and use motivation. But for me, it was like, why are you doing that? First of all, your own team that picked you in the third round already passed on you twice, too. So right. you're going to make them pay <laughs> as well, right? Like, so, so, but I just remember for me, I mean, that whole draft experience was, I never really, I never really dove into what, you know, they were writing articles about or talking to you. It was kind of just, hey, my agent was like, this is what's going to happen. Just believe this, trust this, you know, anything else you read, don't buy into it, right? The guys that have you going, you know, in the in, in the end of the first round or the second round, probably not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. You know, you're going to be a mid-round guy. And I, and I think that going in with realistic expectations allowed me to, you know, not be 
disappointed on where I got selected. And that for me was probably the biggest thing. It, it allowed me, I believe, to get off to a good start in my career. So I do want to make sure that we touch on the news of the day. Um, and we're going to eventually get to the best scenarios that you and I both see the Lions having at that number six pick in the first round of the, of the NFL draft. And, and a couple of scenarios that could happen and rank them in, in what we see as the best situation for the Lions all the way through, hey, this is what we think can happen and where the Lions go with that number six pick. But the news of the day is obviously Jalen Hurts with a five-year $255 million contract, Massive. 179 of it guaranteed. And, and there's, there's language in there about, you know, how guaranteed is guaranteed. I don't give a shit. It's five years, $255 million on a per year basis. It's the richest NFL contract that we've seen $51 million per year uh, on average in regards to how this affects the lions, because it, the, the ripple effects of what happens with Joe Burrow, we know that, he'll probably get a little bit more than Jalen Hurts. For Justin Herbert, probably a little bit less. Lamar Jackson, he's going to fall if he ever decides to, you know, accept the contract, sign a contract, you know, come down in his in his demands of guarantee, and we don't really even know what those are. It'll be probably less than Jalen Hurts. So it's, it's a benchmark. But in regards to the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff has two years left on his contract. Are you in the camp that says a – it's cheaper to extend them now because the bar is only going to continue to go up. The salary cap's going to go up. If you extend them now, if you get them for $45 million a year, then it's more than what you're seeing, you know, out of uh, of New York. And I forget the guy's name. Who's the, who's the quarterback in New York? Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones. So he's at he 40 a year. Yeah. I think Jared Goff's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. So it's probably more than him, obviously less than those guys that I just mentioned. If you sign him to an extension now, you're probably looking somewhere between in the range of 43 to $45 million a year. Do you do it now or do you let him play out this year? And on the high end, hey, he takes him to the NFC Championship game, maybe wins a playoff game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
the number's only going to go up. Are you willing to gamble that, you know, maybe he just does the same thing and they get there, but they get there despite uh, or in spite of of Jared Goff? Because we've talked about, you know, at the end of the game, do you want him the one being the one making the throw? Where are you on regards to extending Jared Goff? Where are you in regards to if you want to, do you do it now or do you wait for another year? Yeah, I would wait if it was me. Um, because I, honestly, I think that Jared Goff still has a lot to prove. I think even the last two seasons, we've seen we've seen the best. Good, of, we've seen, we've the worst seen of. good halves at times. We've seen you know him string together a couple games in a row at a time. Just remember two years ago, right? The first eight games, nine games were atrocious, right? The last, I think it was six games. Hey, three, two, and one, whatever it may have been, or three and three, right? Hey, second half of the season played pretty well. Last year. Kind of the same thing, right? First half of the season, I mean, not a good football team, right? We all knew they were, what, three and six and looked yep. pretty dead, right? Second half of the season, guy looked pretty good, man. Like, all right, you know, guy you can win with. I need to see a full season of him doing that. And I need to see a full season of him showing that uh, he can be the guy that can lead you to good things and, and, and win through adversity, right? Not just be a good quarterback when everything's going well, when you're running the ball for 180 yards, when your defense is playing well, I, 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 every every quarterback can play well in that situation. Yeah. Jared Goff has. It's the games that games on the line. We need you to make a big throw, right? And and not and something outside of the scheme, something outside of the play call, right? Because people bring up the Jets. Well, yeah, they needed a. It was a three yard over route to an open tight end. Hey, look, I, he made the play. Give him props for that. But that's not a play you look at and say Jared Goff stepped up and made a play when it counted. I need to see more of that before I decide if he's a guy I want to pay $45 million a year to. I think that this system, and we talked about it, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think it is a quarterback-friendly system. I don't think that you need a quarterback in this system to pay $45, $48 million a year to to have success, right? I look at it as trying to build it the same way that uh, San Francisco is trying to build their team, right? Obviously, hey, good O-line, good D-line, good defense, right? Running the ball, play action pass, all that good is San Francisco a team that needs a $45 million quarterback? They haven't won no, I mean, they proved, well, they proved, I know they had injuries last year, and I still don't think they probably would have won that game right. in Philly, even if they didn't have two guys go down. But you kind of get my point. Like, and sure, if you want to say, you know, they didn't win the Super Bowl, I get all that, but they showed you could still have tremendous amount of success with a great team around a guy that, is in a quarterback friendly system. Yeah. So for me, I still, I'm kind of on pause. I still want to see, uh, you know, what they do in the draft. I'm still curious. I still think quarterback is in play for them, whether that's at six, whether that's at some point, even in the second or third round, if they get a guy that, Hey, not just filling a roster spot, but a guy that you genuinely plan on saying, we plan to develop him to take over in, you know, a year or two, It'll be interesting to see if they go that way. And it'll be interesting to see how the board falls as well. I think, look, next Thursday night, I think there's a lot of us that are going to probably feel like we got duped, right? Because we've been so tuned uh, the last two months as to, you know, first four or five picks, quarterback, 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 quarterback. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's going to happen, right? I think obviously we know what Carolina is going to do at one. I think it's Bryce Young. And I think the all the odds and, you know, he canceled all his visits. I think he's probably got assurance he's going to be a Carolina Panther. But after that, I mean, there's reports now that Houston, you know, they're open to moving out of the number two pick and they're not even sure if, you know, they think there's a 
CJ Stroud or Levis or any of those guys are going to be franchise quarterbacks. So I'm, I say that sitting here, there might be a chance at six that there might be a quarterback on the board that Brad Holmes loves. Now, if he takes a quarterback, I think that'll be the first move that he's made in the last three years that people are going to question. Um, but for me, that would let me know this team is planning for the future. They're not planning for just this year. We got to win the division this year. We got to make a run this year, right? This is about building the next four, five, six years. And I think ultimately what Brad Holmes is going to be judged on when we look back at his tenure is what he did at the quarterback position, right? And I just feel right now, if you extend Jared Goff and if Jared Goff's your quarterback for the next four or five years, I feel like that's going to handicap your team and that's going to lower your ceiling as opposed to bringing in a young guy, having that true three, four, five-year window of having a cheap quarterback and being able to build uh, a dynamic team around him. How do you get that young guy? Well, it, it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's not <laughs> I easy. I know I it's know. hard. I know it's difficult. And I know it's like even Brad Holmes said, it's way easier to get worse at quarterback than it is better. I mean, you have to be right. You have to be right. And I think, listen, if they take a quarterback at six or it, Brad Holmes has shown, hey, he got that pick from the Rams last year. It turned out to be the worst possible pick. It could be at 32. But he parlayed that into a better pick, right? He said, we're trading up to get our guy, Jameson Williams, at 12. I, I, I don't know if he's going to think the same way at six, saying, hey, this is a free pick. This is the Rams pick. Let's take that. Let's take one another pick. Let's move up at three. And if he takes a quarterback, look, I think it would be a hell of a discussion to be had for us fans. But you know what Brad Holmes has earned? I think he's earned our trust yeah. because he has been pretty damn right. I mean, you look at Peninsula. Everybody in town was on board with that. Aiden Hutchinson, everybody on board with that. Jameson Williams, everybody. Um, you know what I mean? So that would be the first pick where people would be like, okay, maybe hit the brakes a little bit, maybe pause to think about what they're doing. But for me, I trust Brad Holmes. And if he truly, if, they, if that's the route that they go, I mean, who am I to say that they're wrong? Okay. You know? So you brought up, obviously, that number six pick. We've, we've, we've been talking about it now since the season ended. What is, give me the two best, let's go three, three scenarios and not just the best ones, but three, how do you see the first round playing out? For the Lions? For the, yeah, up until, not, not, let's, let's ignore pick 18 yeah. this week. We can okay. talk about that next week, but that six overall pick, how does it play out for the Detroit Lions? Okay, so I think if we're going three scenarios here, one being the best, three being the worst, I think three for me would be uh, corner. I think that would be just kind of a boring pick, you know, a position that's like, okay, I know you just signed a bunch of guys. And, hey, I also get that with Mosley and with uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, those guys are only on one-year deals, right? You're going to have to try to find guys behind them that you can have on three, and four, five-year yeah. deals. I get that. Uh, but for me – it doesn't matter how good your secondary is if you can't get to the passer, right? And I think, hey, Hutchinson, we all loved his development, but that's that's a, a much bigger need in my opinion. And if, if something wacky happens where Carter's off the board, Anderson's off the board, even maybe Wilson's off the board, and you're sitting there at six and you're saying, we don't think there's another defensive lineman that's worth this pick, I think you only have one option at that time, and it's not taking a corner. I think you've got to find a way to trade down. So, I think you got to try to find a way to trade down to ten to twelve. Hey, then you could. Then I would be. I'd be comfortable taking the best corner available, right in that position. You're probably going to get less than market value for a trade, just because who's there at six that a team's going to want to jump up and take. I mean, 
You know what I mean? So, so that would be worse. That would be worst possible situation for me. I, and I agree with you, but here's how I think that plays out. And here's the silver lining of it is you mentioned the trade down. If number one overall is Bryce Young, he goes to Carolina. Number two, we don't know what Houston's going to do. Let's say they take Will Anderson. Uh, it's kind of that wild card. We don't know what's going to happen. Number three, Arizona stays where they're at, and maybe they take Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, at four, Indy's probably going to take C.J. Stroud. At five, whoever's left that Arizona didn't take, whether it's Carter or Wilson, he ends up going at five. So you got three defensive players, and you've got two quarterbacks off the board. The Lions are on the board at number six. I'm with you. I don't think, whether it's Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez, I don't want either of those guys at six. However... Vegas picks at seven. I know they just signed Jimmy G, but it doesn't feel like to me that that's a long-term solution. The two guys left on the board are that are from that quarterback position are Anthony Richardson. It's going to take some time to develop. They've got Jimmy G. They could go that route. Will Levis going to take some time to develop. They could, again, go that route because they have a starting quarterback and they want to find whoever is that next guy. If Vegas is looking at possibly taking a quarterback, Tennessee could be in that same situation. Tennessee might want to jump Vegas. Vegas might want to say, hey, I want to move up to six simply because I don't want anybody else to jump me. You've yeah, been able to remain a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And so if those two guys are there, that is, and I'm not saying it's a great silver lining, it's your only chance at a silver lining that somebody wants one of those quarterbacks, they're willing to jump up to six. And now if you're only moving down to seven, again, it's not great positional value with Gonzalez, but at least you're getting something more in return. You're going to get another pick. Maybe it's a a fifth-round pick. You get into the fifth round. Maybe it's a third-round pick. Who knows what what the bidding war could be at that time, but that's your option. Or you trade down to 11. Obviously, you'll get more in return because you're trading out of the top 10. Yeah. But that's what happens if the worst-case scenario is – Three defensive linemen are off the board, only two quarterbacks. The Lions are on the clock, and on your best player available, it's a corner. Yeah, or even, you know, if three quarterbacks go, let's say, you know, Anderson and, and Wilson go and Jalen Carter sitting there. And you don't want And him. you didn't have a good interview with him when he was in the building Monday, and you just don't feel good about him fitting in with, the, you know, the, the foundation that you've built of young players. Now you're hoping that maybe a team at – Nine, the Bears, maybe a team at 10, like Philly, absolutely loves the guy. I think they can bring him in and, you know, change whatever character issues he might have. That might be best because now you're getting, now you're going to, you know, hey, you want to come get Jalen Carter? And we we know he's got the character issues, but now you're going to pay for that pick, right? Because that still would be a premium player as far as football players is concerned. That, to me, would be a situation that if you see that, I mean, if they don't take Jalen Carter, that's going to let you know how that visit went on Monday, yeah. right? But for me, just, you know, the second best situation I think would be everything played out great Monday, you know, when Jalen Carter came in on his visit. They probably yeah. spent countless hours getting to know each other. Uh, as his agent Drew Rosenhaus said, you know, it hasn't been easy for teams to, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of understand who he is and what the issues are that he has. But they're trying to educate these teams on exactly who he is. And maybe Brad Holmes and maybe Dan Campbell say, you know what, we've got the right leaders in place. Uh, we trust in, in Dan Campbell to be a guy that holds players accountable. And we think that, you know, Jalen Carter can come in and, and learn from the already existing players on how to be a true professional. That, for me, would be probably my second scenario that uh, – 
I would love because I love the football player, Jalen Carter. I absolutely love him. He is dominant and he fits, in my opinion, the biggest need still left around this team. And that's having a dominant interior defensive line player, not just for first, second down or just for third down, but for all three downs. That's a guy that can do it every facet of the game. I love the football player. That for me would be my second scenario that if they take Jalen Carter, you know what, that'll answer a lot of questions about the character issues saying, you know what, I trust Brad Holmes. I trust Dan Campbell. They think that they can get him in the right spot, help the kid out to become uh, hopefully a premier uh, defensive tackle in this league. So I think if, if, if it went well on Monday, Jalen Carter falls to them at number six, we're in agreement with, what is the second best option? Now, the where I'm really curious is what do you think is the best option? And I'll I'll start with this. Best option is Will Anderson falls to him at six, and that's what Mel Kiper. Yeah, in his last dream cup last week, didn't he? I don't think there's any. It's zero like he, reality. It was like in he that. did the mock draft pretending he was Brad Holmes. Right. Like, yeah. which players yeah. do I Brad want Holmes to follow with a heart on. Pick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Which was uh, a bit of a wet dream. I don't think he's going to be there at six, but I'm with you. I think my favorite scenario would be, and look, we talked about it too. Brad Holmes is not afraid to move around in the draft to get a player that he loves. If he loves Will Anderson, like we all do. If he lo- thinks Will Anderson is going to become – a perennial, you know, all pro pro bowl type of guy that we certainly think he's got that ability. He would have been the first pick in last year's draft, right? He probably should have been uh, in New York for the Heisman ceremony last year, you know, either. Okay. I'm not going to get into that alongside Aiden Hutchinson, right? You could, you could have potentially the two of the best pass rushing uh, defensive ends in all of college football over the last two years. That to me would be a dream scenario. I don't think it's going to happen at six. I think you're going to have to move up to get him. If a team like Houston or a team like Arizona wants to trade, you're you're going to have to give up a lot. You're probably going to have to give up that 18 pick, right, John? Yeah, you're going to have probably going to so. have to do yeah. that. So now you're saying, okay, I'm surrendering my 18th pick, basically saying I'm surrendering my chance to get probably another day one starter there at that spot. But we're going out and we're getting what we feel is the best player in the draft, and that to me would be an absolute dream scenario. I would love to take care of the bookend defensive ends and not have to worry about that spot for the next, hopefully, eight, nine, ten years with Will Anderson and Aiden Hutchinson. Well, it would be, it'd be really cool if they were able to move up, if Mel Kuyper's prophecy comes true and he falls to him at six. Uh, I think that is the number one scenario is you follow, you, you come away with the draft in the first round, no matter how it pans out with Will Anderson, number one scenario, best option for the Detroit Lions. Number two is Monday went well, the in-person visit with Jalen Carter. He falls to him at six. You don't have to do anything to move up. You, you still keep your 18th pick and you take Jalen Carter with the confidence knowing he's going to be not just the game changer on the field, but he's going to do what it takes off the field to make sure that he's available on Sundays. And number three is you end up with that number six pick. Three defensive players are off the board, and you're sitting there having to take a corner. And I think in terms of that, the best-case scenario is that Jalen Carter and one quarterback is still available because now a team says, hey, there's only one of those guys available. Yeah, We've got to jump up and get them. Or 
hey, the visit for us and Jalen Carter went well. Maybe it went well for the Raiders. Maybe it went well for somebody else. We need to jump up and make sure we get them. Trading down, I I don't really want to go outside the top 10. 11 would be as far as I would want to go, depending on what I get in return. But I think those are your three best scenarios. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, man, it feels like we've been talking about the draft for months, which I know we have. Because <laughs> we reality. Got, we only got, what, nine more days I to know. wait? I, I mean, this is going to be... And like we said, I mean, I said this probably right after, I think our first podcast after the regular season was over. I think that this is going to be the most important offseason for Brad Holmes, right? And I think, hey, obviously everybody's agreed with what they did in free agency, going out and helping the secondary, getting three guys that can come in and not just provide depth, but be starters for you, which was a weakness of this team. Uh, but how he's going to address this draft, right? Because look, if this team does what we think they're going to do over the next couple years, they're not going to be picking six again, right? So this is one to me that, hey, this is a chance to absolutely cement the foundation of this team uh, for years to come. And I think this is going to be the offseason that we look back on hopefully 10 years from now and say, that was the draft, that was the offseason that really changed the 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 dynamic of this of this team. Yeah, and that offseason is the continued development of last year's draftable players or drafted players, uh, as well as what they're doing in free agency, addressing the defensive back position, and then the draft. I think I, I think you're right. This is year three of Brad Holmes. You look at the the GM power rankings. This one came out earlier, and I forget who the author was. Brad Holmes in only year two was in terms of GM power rankings was ranked number seven in in the NFL which you could see why for what he was able to do in free agency this year, what he was able to do in the draft in the first couple of years, building this football team from basically scratch, mm -hmm. you know, and, and getting them to nine and seven last year. Some of that's, you know, Dan Campbell, some of that's Brad Holmes, but you got to have the, the you got to have the players on the field and you acquire those through the draft. You acquire, you acquire the depth of your roster through the draft and you piece together some parts of components in free agency to add to it, but it's got to be through the draft. So yep. next week is the NFL draft. We will give you our final thoughts leading up to the draft. Um, and we can't wait to see what the lions do on Thursday night, April the 27th, what they do Friday and Saturday to fill out the roster um, and then we'll be off and running through the rest of the offseason. So stay tuned for all your Lions information right here on Necessary Roughness.